Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. It's another edition of the Just Thinking broadcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I am Daryl Harrison. What you know, Omaha, what's going on, my man? Not much of anything, and then yet, yet again, near about everything, man. Fall is finally here. Uh, we're definitely, definitely experiencing it, man. Beautiful day, uh, but the whole weekend, man, it was it was a weekend full of full of a lot of football, flag football, college football, and uh, you actually felt the weather that corresponded to, uh, to 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 some football. So it was really, really nice, man. Enjoyed it, enjoyed it a ton. How about for you, man? Yeah, it was the same here. Uh, I was traveling over the weekend, but man, mm-hmm. when I got back into Atlanta today, which is uh, what Sunday the twenty third that we're recording, the Sunday September twenty third that we're recording this, mm-hmm. I was waiting outside the airport here in Atlanta when I when my flight landed, and I actually felt a breeze right for the first time in months. Right, right. I was like, right. wow, man, it's right around the corner, man. Fall is right around the corner. Yeah. Oh, speaking of football, man, I can't let this go. Okay. Because, you know, uh, not not bringing up sore wounds here, man. I'm really not trying to do this. But I saw the final score of the uh, Army-Oklahoma game yesterday. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. wow. You know, so Virgil Sooners, you guys already lost to the Georgia Bulldogs uh, last season right. in the playoffs. Right. And I was like, okay, so now he's about to lose – to my military alma mater, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We came, uh, we came real close to, we came real close to that happening, man. I was really proud. For folks who don't know, uh, I spent six years in the uh, United States Army, so mm-hmm. I have a soft spot for all of the service academies. I, but as do I. As do I. I, I didn't. I wasn't. I, I didn't do a service academy, but military as well. Man, we got we got a lot in common, man. We do, man. We do. We're, we're like brothers in a lot of ways, man. Right. <laughs> You know, and we're like long lost brothers who who have found each other. Right. But in the same sense, we haven't found each other because we never we still met. haven't met. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So yesterday, man, I was proud of the Black Knights, man. I really yeah. was. I was yeah. like, proud of the Army Black Knights. They I, I hung think, in there at, I think um, at Oklahoma. At Oklahoma. Yeah. I think that was a part of the problem. I really do. I think that that there was a there was a lot of respect as as I watched Oklahoma play that game that that perspective game. I watched them normally when they're when they're after their opponents. They're like Adam in their face. You know, they make a tackle. They're over the top of them, talking noise, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I got that. You know, flexing the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. There was none of that, and there was mm-hmm. in. As a part of the process, there was a whole lot of, hey, we respect these guys. These guys, mm-hmm. you know, are, are, are ultimately paying the, the ultimate sacrifice for our country, mm-hmm. for our nation. And I think that respect landed itself on the field of play to such a degree that I didn't see the level of aggression and 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 pursuit and passion that you normally see. Again, I don't want to take anything away from from the Black Knights of, of, of the Army. They, they they did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. running running there. You know their 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 you know their special offense that they do and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But man, I just think there was such a mutual respect, and you even saw it after the game was over. There was a lot of you know shaking hands and yeah. and that kind. Of, so so there was that that level of respect that that I think took took a little bit of their edge back. But again, at the same time, a tackle's a tackle. You got to be able to tackle in space. Yeah. You got to be able to do what you need to do. 
And no, I thought they played incredibly well. It was an intense game when it went into overtime. I, I could not believe it. And uh, and then and then you know again the outcome, the outcome was that we won, and I was happy to see that. Yeah. But it was a closely contested game. I got it was on pay per view, so I actually I was actually with some friends of mine who who purchased it, and I was like, hey, I can chip in and like just just you know come on through, and we had a good time. So it was a really really good game to watch. Yeah, Army runs that same triple option offense yes, that Georgia yes. Tech runs yes. here, and if you don't see that often, it's really hard to defend. It is. Uh, it's really hard. It's, it's just so unorthodox. There's only a handful of uh, Division One schools or um, FBS schools now that run the triple option and run mm-hmm. it really well. And, and there's one of those schools. Yeah, they yeah. were flawless with it. So yeah. Yeah. it was fun to watch, man. It really was. Well, man, speaking of fun, this is episode 47. 47, man. We're creeping, creeping up on that, that, that 52, man. It's kind of interesting, right, for the for the Just Thinking broadcast, we're going to have a year's worth of episodes before we get to our calendar one-year anniversary. Yeah. Right? Because we launched the Just Thinking broadcast back in December, mid-December of 2017. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have 52 episodes prior to that when that date rolls around. How do we pull that off? I don't know, man. I really don't know. It, I'd have to like, go back and look. Did somebody miss number something? I think somebody might have misnumbered something <laughs> on the uh, on the episode numbers, the episode sequence. We, we, we won't we won't mention no names. We won't mention names, man. But his initials <laughs> are Dwayne Atkinson. <laughs> we we don't we don't have a producer or an engineer. We don't right. have a sound person. We don't have a. Uh, you know, a continuity person. We just, we so, just have the baddest man in podcast land. Listen, he's the James Brown of podcasting. Yes, yes. the hard. Seriously, Dwayne Atkinson is the hardest working brother in podcast land. Yes, today. yes, yes. How many, how many does podcast. he have? I mean, he's got what about ten? <laughs> something, man. Something. And then, in the crazy part is, he still runs his own and brings on like the top tier talent like every right. time i turn around i'm like you got who what in the yeah. world you know it's just amazing yeah. to see what he's done with that where it's grown where the bar podcast has grown and and what he's done over the years it's been amazing so yeah and speaking of uh speaking of growth uh i would really be remiss if we didn't take a moment to thank all of our loyal listeners of the just thinking broadcast and as well as Dwayne mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and as well as Dwayne's wife who really supports us in the background Absolutely. Uh, in that regard, we uh, just last week, we cracked uh, the 80,000 download mark, mm. 80,400 downloads as of earlier this week, a few days yeah. prior to this recording, again, this is September the 23rd, mm-hmm. 2018, that we're doing this episode. So earlier this week, we cracked 80,000 downloads of the Just Thinking broadcast. Yeah. Uh, so, wow. We're really humbled by that. Because mm-hmm. when we look back, uh, Omaha, right, we look back on our humble beginnings. <laughs> right, right. Back in December of 2017, man. Right. I know you, you're an, you're an old pro at this, man. You've done radio. I, you, you've done this I've, stuff before. I've done a little bit of that stuff, but yeah, but nothing, nothing like this with this level of consistency and, uh, you know, and, and this, I think this quality of, of, of information and then theological acumen that it takes to keep up with cats like you, man. So it's all good, bro. 
Well, man, I'm learning a lot from you. I, I, uh, I hopefully, man, make you look good on the on the other side of this thing, man. And hopefully, we can uh, back at we can you. keep this thing going. And absolutely, uh, but, but uh, thanks for all to all of our listeners. Seriously, you guys are awesome. Y'all are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we got we, we got some you. amazing. Uh, I, I I don't like to say fans, but just folks who follow and listen and. Uh, man, the tweets and stuff, and man, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to keep up with you cats on Twitter, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a lot slower, and I see what they post, and then the mm-hmm. conversations that are back and forth. I'm just amazed at, at you know, at how much they, they, they really listen, man. It's not just really kind of do. a passing thing. They, they, they're, they're unpacking in depth aspects of mm-hmm. what we share and 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 pulling apart quotes, and I mean, it's just amazing to witness. It really is. It really is, man. It's it's very humbling. I mean that from my heart. It is really humbling because I mean, who am I? I'm a nobody. I mean, and I'm like, okay, so uh it's 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 the word of God and I think that's what the draw is. Amen. It's how we take our time to unpack this the text in scripture. We look at the topics that we deal with through the lens of scripture, through the objective mm-hmm. lens of scripture. Um, you know, not through our uh, subjective opinions yeah. about it. Uh, and I folks, I think folks are appreciating that and that's what they're telling us anyway. So, yeah. uh, you know, and here's, here's another one for this episode 47. I mean, mm-hmm. just when I think it can't get any murkier out there <laughs> in the world, the world proves me wrong. Right. They prove me wrong. Right. So what do we have for the listeners in this episode? Well, I'll this tell is, you. This is a good one. <laughs> this is a great one, man. In fact, man. Oh, I want you to do the honors, man. You want me, you want me, up, man. Yeah, you want me to see this up? <laughs> I think if, if you, you, I try to see this up, I might break out. Yeah, you could, yeah, I was going to say, you couldn't get through it without probably busting a gut laughing is the deal. So that's <laughs> that's why you handed it over to me. But uh, you you sent me this this video uh, that this kind of this tweet uh, of of a now this video, you know, the, the, the organization now this kind of left leaning organization. And mm-hmm. and uh, they put together. Kinda. Yeah, well, I was being kind. <laughs> these, uh, these, these, this group, you know, pulls these videos together. Often uses, you know, Hollywood, you know, Hollywood actresses, actors, um, and, and whoever else kind of leans left, um, and 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 you know, puts these videos together, puts those out, and tries to explain the the world through their liberal left-leaning worldview. And so it is with that in mind that they would grab uh, a, a clip of an Anne Hathaway speech that she gave uh, before the human rights, uh, I guess, organization. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, group comes together, they're meeting, and, and she really kind of begins. And in this four-minute video, uh, about a little under four minutes, she kind of begins to explain um, you know, privilege, American society, and how we can move forward toward equality for all. And so that that kind of tees up what uh, what her thought process was and, and how they wanted to frame this four-minute section of of that particular speech. And so um, yeah, it is with that 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 uh, that that, that Daryl sent this to me, and 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 this was hey, you know, what do you think we ought to talk about? You know, in the in in the in the way we kind of do it, kind of you know, th- hey, let's think through it. But but here's an idea, and he'll send it. Now he may I, he he he's the he's definitely the pilot, and I'm definitely the co-pilot. 
So as as the pilot, I kind of let him decide. And so he'll say, okay, uh, 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 Omaha, why don't you go ahead and figure something out? I got some stuff I'm doing. I'm traveling. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back to you. Let me let me go through my week. And then and then all of a sudden, you know, last minute, I'll get this. Hey, I think I think this is a good direction. And so I salute <laughs> I salute the captain of the ship. And uh, and I go do my research and uh, and get into my study about this topic. So that's kind of how this went. So this this is uh, this is teeing up kind of what uh, what you sent. And man, I'm telling you, this was rich for sure. Yeah, this is this is like um, winning the lottery. I mean, right. I, 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 <laughs> if if I could compare it to that, never right. having won the lottery myself. Right, but. right, right, right. This one from the this standpoint is what, th- what you think winning the lottery would be like. Th- this is what I think winning the lottery would be like if I like won the lottery and just spent all of it <laughs> and ended up broke. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I like in this too. I like I like the ended up broke part. That makes the most sense after <laughs> after we go through this for sure. Yeah, so so last weekend, like I said, just to give a point of reference, last weekend, uh September 15th to be exact. The Human Rights Campaign, mm-hmm. through its annual gala dinner in Washington, D.C. And among the night's honorees at that dinner was uh, actress Anne Hathaway. Uh, Anne Hathaway was recognized at this uh, event for her support of the LGBTQ plus community. Right. And she was honored uh, with the organization's National Ally for Equity Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Ms. Hathaway was given the human rights campaigns national ally for equity award. Now the human rights campaign, if you're not familiar with that organization, if you've ever been driving around your city and you notice on the rear window or, or maybe on the bumper sticker of a vehicle in front of you, a decal, the decal is comprised of a single, a solid blue background with the equal sign in yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the equal sign you use in, you know, calculating uh, mathematical equations and things like that. So it's the blue, it's a blue square with a yellow equal sign. That is the logo for the human rights campaign, what we'll call the HRC for short. Uh, the HRC adopted that uh, logo back in 1995, and it's, it's basically a visual symbol representing equality. Uh, so if you see that blue square with that uh, yellow equal sign, then you'll know that that's the uh, HRC logo. Now, according to the Human Rights Campaign's website, according to the HRC website, its mission statement reads as follows, quote, the Human Rights Campaign and the Human Rights Campaign Foundation together serve as America's largest civil rights organization working to achieve LGBTQ equality Mm -hmm. by inspiring and engaging individuals and communities. HRC strives to end discrimination against LGBTQ people and realize a world that achieves fundamental fairness and equality for all. The human rights campaign envisions a world where lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people are ensured equality and embraced as full members of society at home, at work, and in every community, unquote. Hmm. So that is the mission statement of the Human Rights Campaign from their website. Now, Omaha, before we go any further here, uh, I do want to say a word about equality. 
because okay. we, ju- we just read verbatim from the HRC's mission statement uh, with respect to what they stand for. Uh, and one of those things that they that their own mission statement says they stand for is equality. I'm going to read that first sentence of that statement again. Right. The Human Rights Campaign and the Human Rights Campaign Foundation together serve as America's largest civil rights organization working to achieve LGBTQ equality. Now, a word about equality, because equality is a word that is increasingly being used both within the church and without the church. Okay, so inside the church and outside the church, we're hearing that word equality being increasingly used to suggest that the pursuit of such a thing is our priority, if not primarily, uh, if not sole priority, rather a primary uh, priority. Right. Uh, is the pursuit of equality for so so there are folks who are arguing today that the reasons human humans exist is the pursuit of equality of everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now now that is to ensure that every person, okay, by by and, and by by equality, they're, what they're saying is that our existence, our purpose is to ensure just like the HRC's mission statement says, right, with respect to LGBTQ, mm-hmm. that they are embraced as full members of society at home, at work, and in every community. So this concept, this ideal of equality is such that there are those who believe that our existence as human beings in this world, in, in this society, is to ensure that every person, regardless of their lifestyle, or how the decisions they make by what by what means or methods um, those decisions are term determined as it relates to their lifestyle, regardless of that, as long as no one is hurt in the process, that to live in perfect harmony, equality, unity with one another is what gives purpose to our lives. Mm-hmm. So there are those individuals and organizations like HRC who kind of believe that that is, I, I, I sort of term it a kind of kumbaya sort of worldview mm-hmm. where, you know, our purpose in this world, we live, we breathe to ensure that everyone, not only everyone, but every aspect of every individual's life is on the, an equal playing field, an equal plane. Mm-hmm. So in other words, to shorten all that up, their perspective of why we exist is to love one another. Right. It's to love right. one another. Essentially. Right. Essentially. Right. Now there's some specifics that fall under that, which is what kind of an example of which is what we just read from the uh human rights uh campaign's uh mission statement. So there's some particulars there, yeah. But essentially, in the broader scope, HRC is arguing that we should love one another. Yeah. Now, the the the, cha- the challenge with a lot of the language and I only I only add this and point this out because it's something that that Daryl you've you've encouraged time and time again on this podcast and in conversations we've had, which is a the importance of of, of definitions. Mm-hmm. You know, when you Absolutely say crucial. when you say equality, um, what what's the standard by which you're basing equality? Mm-hmm. And what you'll find is more times than not, it's it's this incredibly subjective or nebulous idea that's never founded or grounded into anything that, uh, that, that holds any weight or has any authority. Uh, whereas from a biblical worldview, we would ground our equality in the fact that we're all image bearers of God. 
Right. That, that's the foundation of our equality. Uh, apart from that, uh, everybody has their own. Uh, I'm, I'm not equal to you. You're not equal to me. I'm not. There's no one else that I'm equal with on any on any subjective basis. I'm a unique human being. Uh, our equality is on the basis of the fact that we're image bearers of God. And 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 apart from that, uh, to to try to work towards some kind of subjective idea, this constantly moving target of quote unquote equality. Uh, apart from having a, a an ultimate authority by which to base it is is just it's a fatal flaw. It is a fatal flaw. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to describe it, uh, Omaha. It is a fatal flaw. Now, having said what I said earlier, that in essence, when you really boil it down, when it comes down to the least common denominator, what the HRC is arguing is that we all should love one another. That's really what it boils down to. Now, having said that, I do want to make it clear that I'm all for equality. Mm -hmm. I'm all for equality, but the equality of which I'm in favor of is biblical equality. It is not worldly equality. Come on. Biblical equality is not the same equality that the HRC and Anne Hathaway is talking about. And we'll get into Anne Hathaway in just a second. But the equality that I favor is biblical equality, Mm -hmm. which in reality is not because because what the world is arguing is not equality at all. No, it really isn't. Because as you just alluded to Omaha, their standard of equality keeps changing. Absolutely. Every day. It's as if you wake up every morning and there's a different word that you're required to use. Right. Um, and, and we'll get into this again, but you know, you take a word like cisgender, uh, <laughs> as opposed to just saying a person is a male, female, a man, or a woman. You must mm-hmm. use the word cisgender now. Uh, or, or there's a different hyphenated adjective by which we ought to refer to one another so as not to upset our sensitivities over who we subjectively have chosen to identify as from one day to the next. <laughs> so, so the world's standard of equality changes almost every day. When you look at it really, Omaha, it is a burdensome thing mm-hmm. to try to live by the world's standard of equality. Mm-hmm. It is burdensome. It is a yoke that you can't possibly bear because today there's languages you can't language rather that you can't use. There's words that you cannot say. There are gestures that you cannot make. Uh, there are uh, uh, traditions that you can no longer hold to so no the equality to which i'm speaking of is not the world's equality that's subjective as you as you said omaha that's a moving target it's always shifting always adjusting itself uh depending on how the wind is flowing Mm -hmm. uh no that's that's not the equality that i favor the the equality that i favor is objective it is fixed it is equitable and it applies equally to every person without regard to some of those qualifiers and descriptors that I alluded to earlier. So for an example, in Leviticus 19 verses 15 through 18, I'm going to read that real quick. This is the kind of equality that I favor. Okay. This is equality that applies to every single person. Omaha to your point earlier by virtue of the Imago Dei by virtue of being created in the image of God, being created, period, okay? Leviticus 19, 15 
through 18. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great. For you are to judge your neighbor fairly. You shall not go about as a slanderer among your people. And you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Verse 17. You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. You may surely reprove your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That was Leviticus chapter 19, verses 15 through 18. Now, I have cited that verse previously, Virgin. The reason I do that is because there is nobody, there is nobody on the face of this planet that does not fall within that text Mm -hmm. as it relates to how we are to treat one another. Mm Mm-hmm. This is God's word. So God has established a standard of equitable, considerate treatment by virtue of our being created in his image. Mm. So as far as God is concerned, being created in his image is enough of a warrant that we should treat one another fairly, Mm -hmm. that we should treat one another with equity. As far as God is concerned, unlike the human rights campaign, there is no need to qualify ourselves with these ever-changing adjectives. Right, right. Descriptions and hyphenated terms. Right. There's no need for that. God already sees you as being worthy of equitable and considerate treatment by virtue of the fact that he created you, period. Mm Mm-hmm. And that he created you in his image. So, yeah, I support equality, but it must be equality as defined in the scriptures, because to show partiality is sin. That's good. You see, and this is what the HRC is arguing. They are arguing equality based on partiality. See, the partiality comes first. Mm-hmm. You can go back and read their own mission statements. The partiality comes first. They exist. It's, it's written in their own mission statement. That's good. That's good. They exist to ensure not that everybody gets equitable treatment. No. But LGBTQ people are treated and recognized as members, full members of society at home, at work, and in every community. So that's not the Imago Day definition. That is not the scriptural definition of equality. So yeah, I support equality, but it, it's got to be the equality that's defined in scripture because again, to show partiality is sin. As we just read in Leviticus uh, 19 verse 15a, you shall not be partial. That's a command. You shall not be partial to the poor nor defer to the great. So in either case, poor or wealthy, you shall not be partial to either. Mm-hmm. That's a sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, another example is First Timothy 5.21. Paul writes this, he says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of his chosen angels to maintain these principles without bias, doing nothing in a spirit of partiality. That's First Timothy 5.21. Another example is James chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. James writes this, my brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism, 
For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention to the one who is wearing the fine clothes and say, you sit here in a good place. And you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions amongst yourselves and become judges with evil motives? So that's just a few examples where the scriptures clearly teach that showing partiality in any context is sin. It clearly uh, teaches that. For Listen, God himself says of himself that God is no respecter of persons. We see that in Acts 10.34. So God by nature is no respecter of persons. So given that we are created in his image, that is one of the characteristics that we are to mirror about the God who created us is to not mm-hmm. show partiality. You see, but this is not the kind of equality that Anne Hathaway and those, for example, who support the human rights campaign are advocating. The not equality that they want, the equality they want is rooted in, it, it, it's, it's not rooted in the objectivity and equity of the Imago Dei. No. The equality they want is the subjective right. partiality of the self-created and self-defined distinctives like the ones they use in their mission statement at the HRC. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and any even even with, with regard to that, it's 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 to the subjugation of other groups that don't that disagree. Now that's an excellent point, Virgil. And, and you know the reason that's an excellent point is because if you go back to the very end of the HRC's mission statement, and folks won't catch this unless you're really, really looking for it. The last sentence of their mission statement says this. The human rights campaign envisions a world where lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people are ensured equality. Now, how do you go about doing that? Ensured, to me, that sounds like coercion. It sure does. That sounds like doing something by force. Mm -hmm. The sentence further reads, to finish it up, are ensured equality and embraced as full members of society at home, at work, and in every community. Mm-hmm. Every community. Mm-hmm. Now you have to stop and really think about what do they mean by that in every community? Now that goal, th- this goal that they have, that LGBTQ people are embraced in every community? I mean, think about that. Right. Think about what that means. Right. Think about what that entails to, to, in, in order to make that happen. An emphasis on make. They're going to make that happen. Whether you want it or not. Whether you like it or not. So that now now would you define equality in that context? No. Absolutely not. So again, there's a distinction to be made. Especially as Christians, don't be so gullible that when you hear that word equality, to think that the world means the same thing the scriptures mean. It doesn't. We're talking two distinct, distinctly different um, paradigms with respect to equality. It's like black and white, like night and day. Now, having said that, I want to go back to Miss Ann Hathaway. As you teed us up earlier, Omaha, mm-hmm. there's a four minute video of Miss Hathaway's. Uh, remarks. I believe these remarks were part of her acceptance speech 
On September 15th, when she accepted the award, the National Ally for Equality Award that was bestowed upon her by the Human Rights Campaign. Now, um, for the sake of our listeners, we are unable to play the actual audio of the video of Ms. Hathaway's remarks. However, we do have the entirety of those comments transcribed Mm -hmm. for you. Um, and I'm going to read through those. So if you'll just bear with me, this is necessary in order to give context to what, uh, Omaha and I are going to talk about, um, to a great extent for the remainder of this particular episode. Uh, so I'm going to read verbatim the entirety of, uh, Ms. Hathaway's comments. Um, and then, uh, Virgil and I will take some time to sort of, uh, dissect these remarks a little bit through what the gospel says. All right. So in a brief acceptance speech that lasted again, a little less than four minutes, Ms. Hathaway said this quote, with the exception of being a cisgender male, everything about how I was born has put me at the current center of a damaging and widely accepted myth. That myth is that gayness orbits around straightness transgender orbits around cisgender and that all races orbit around whiteness. This myth is wrong, but this myth is far too real for too many. It is ancient. So it is trusted. It is a habit. So it is assumed to be the way things are. It's inherited. So it is thought immutable. Its consequences are dangerous because it prioritizes a certain type of love, a certain type of body, a certain kind of skin color, and does not value in the same way anything it deems to be other to itself. It is a myth that is with us from birth, and it is a myth that keeps money and power in the hands of the few instead of being invested in the lives of the free. I appreciate this community so much because it's where I learned to reject this myth. I appreciate this community because together we are not just going to question this myth. We are going to destroy it. Authentic equality. Authentic equality doesn't prioritize sexual orientation. It doesn't put any one gender or race at the center. It doesn't erase our identities either. What it does do is centralize love. And when love is fully centralized, every door opens for everybody. Now, I know I'm speaking in abstractions and that there is privilege embedded in my ability to do so. I know that there are very real obstacles that block the path to true equality. And I know that removing them is easier said than done. But I also know that myths are destroyed by the same thing that creates them, a community a community that believes, a community that is conscious, a community that claps back and says no more, a community that is, I'm sorry, a community backed by a a community like the Human Rights Campaign. Can you imagine what will happen if each person follows the lead of this community and rejects the myth of their own unworthiness? And more importantly, the myth that they need others to be worth less in order for them to be worth more. 
The walls built in fear will crumble. They will disintegrate. The old world will shatter. And the pieces that no longer serve will melt. A new world will emerge, forged from this community, from your seismic imperative message that love is love. <laughs> Unquote. <laughs> Omaha, what you got? I'm just like, wow. Uh, this is insane. Uh, this, this is, this is her, I mean, this is a sermon, right? Yeah, this, is, is. This, is, this is her sermon. She is, is preaching, uh, her worldview and, uh, you know, and, and, and her reference point, uh, is, is her, um, there's so much to this, um, that, that we, that we can unpack. And, and I think, I, I, I was sharing with you just briefly as we kind of <clears throat> rushed on and, and, and kind of, hey, you got notes, I got notes, hey, you, okay, you, good, 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 let's go, let's hit record, kind of how we normally do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was sharing with you that this, this particular four-minute clip should be used uh, in, as, as a teaching in classes uh, at, at church as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and you could you could I mean if you had an apologetics class, if you had a a biblical worldview class, if you had you know if you were walking through any kind of any kind of teaching where where you're examining kind of like what we do with 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 this broadcast where mm-hmm. we're examining you know cultural, social, political uh, issues uh, through the lens of a biblical worldview. I think I think this is a test case in in doing exactly that. Um, the very first sentence, I'll start there and just and just toss it back up for you to kind of walk through this as you see fit. She says, with the exception of being a cisgender male. Okay, okay pause. What she's just inserted is intersectionality, right? right. So, so I mean, we're, we're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words in. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got intersectionality, right? Mm-hmm. So, so she's already elevated the fact that she's able to speak uh, a little bit more clearly, more loudly, more boldly, because she's not, she's not male. Uh, And, and, and and if, if, you know, if she, she really thought it through, had more time, she'd have put white male, but she's white. So I don't know how that helps her. Right. (laughs) But, but, but she starts at that point. And, and I mean, it just, it just goes, goes downhill. She, she, she uses, assumptive language mm-hmm. and by using assumptive language you have to recognize it is power packed full of presuppositions that unfortunately because of the fact that we don't teach logic and reason and reason mm-hmm. in schools anymore um it th- those will get ignored so so you you assume that all that she's saying is, is stated upon some some authority and is justified but but in some way but she makes claims for which there's no justification and she does so in the very first sentence everything everything about how i was born uh has has uh, uh, I, uh, i'm sorry everything about how i was born has put at the has put at the center uh has put current at the center rather of a damaging and and wide centered myth so, so she's making claim that everything that she knows about how she was born is at the center of a myth. She, she makes that claim. That's a truth claim, 
right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that has that has no basis whatsoever. In she's not justified it. She's not giving you why it's a myth. Where where she's determined it's a myth, mm-hmm. and what the actual truth is. She, mm-hmm. the, the the language around it assumes that you already know what the truth is. And of course her Mm -hmm. audience, you know, has determined by their applause lines to the very next sentence of the phrase, what that, what that is. And so I'll stop there and let you, and let you jump in. Yeah. She was interrupted and Hathaway was interrupted by applause several times Uh uh, during this four minute. um, um, I won't call it a diatribe, but uh, you know, during her remarks, I mean, she was interrupted by applause several times. And for the sake of our listeners, we will have a link to that video in the episode notes uh, when we're all done here. But uh, you, you make a great point, Omaha. She is making truth claims. She's giving a sermon here. Yeah. She is giving a sermon that in, in which she is proffering absolute truth. Mm-hmm. She uses the word myth 12 times. Right. Twelve times she uses that word myth and her audience soaked it up as truth. Absolutely. And and what was what was interesting about that they're 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 absorbing this as truth. There was no basis of justification. They they didn't even question the, the ultimate authority that she was using to determine that this was a myth. She never even proffered a, an idea about why this was a myth or gave you examples as to why, why, why it should be seen as a myth. She just, it was an automatically assumed. That's why I said it, it, it's assumptive language. Mm-hmm. And whenever we, whenever we witness someone using assumptive language, we've got to pause and question the presuppositions that lie behind it. And, and ultimately the worldview that creates it. Exactly. Very, very important. See, see, and see that that goes what you just said, Omaha, that goes to the core of why this podcast is called Just Thinking. <laughs> this 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 medium is an extension of my blog, which goes by the same name. Just thinking for myself is my blog at justthinking.me. But this is why I titled it that. If nothing else, listen. We don't do this uh, broadcast, and I don't do my blog articles to get people to agree with me. The ultimate goal is this is an apologetics ministry. Would you not agree, Omaha? Absolutely. At, 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 at its core. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is, this is an apologetics ministry Yep. to challenge believers especially to think mm-hmm. about what they believe. I love the uh, the line that Ligonier Ministries has as its uh, it's the, the tagline for its ministry to help believers know what they help Christians know what they believe and why they believe it and why they believe it. Okay. So you're absolutely right. I, I really love that description that you gave it. Omaha. She is making a sermon. This the only sermon. thing that was missing, the, the only thing that was missing was the pulpit. Right. <laughs> right. That's the only thing that was missing. Right. When she says here, there's just two lines that I highlighted. I mean, I mean, listen, to tell you the truth, Omaha, we could do 10 episodes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm look, four look, minutes. Look, I'm looking, I'm looking at the time going, I know we're not going to get through this in a little bit. Now, we do that. <laughs> hey, let's go ahead and just say it right now. This is a double album episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Double album episode. Just go ahead and get ready because we're not even half. 
We're not even halfway through. And there's too much stuff in this to go on. You know unknown. what, listeners? Y'all can blame Anne Hathaway for this. <laughs> she just gave us too much stuff. This to is deal too with. much stuff to deal with here. This is the longest four minutes. We could easily drag this four minutes into 10 separate episodes of the Just Thing and Dro- uh, Broadcast you easily. Could. You, oh, easily, easily. And, and look, look, you could do a sermon series on this. You really could. <laughs> Listen, you could write a seminary and entry-level apologetics course in seminary on this. Yes, yes, you could. Just for this four minutes. Yes, you could. But a couple point, a couple things she said, and you keep me honest on the time, uh, Virgil, with respect to our listeners on Urban Family you. Talk. I got you. She said this. She said, Hathaway said that this myth that is, it's inherited, so it is thought immutable, that is unchangeable. Its consequences are dangerous because it prioritizes a certain type of love, a certain type of body, a certain kind of skin color. Now, listen to this closely and does not value in the same way anything it deems to be other Mm -hmm. to itself. Mm -hmm. Other to itself. It does not value anything it deems to be other to itself. Now. Here's the thing, Omaha, the Bible uh, teaches the doctrine of other to itself. Mm-hmm. Now, Hathaway may not be aware of that, but the Bible does teach that. She says the consequences of this myth, as she calls it, are dangerous because it prioritizes a certain type of love, a kind of body, kind of skin color, and does not value in the same way anything it deems to be other to itself. So think about that phrase, other to itself. Think about that phrase, other to itself. Mm-hmm. As I read from Genesis 1, Come on. I want to read three verses from Genesis 1. I'm reading Genesis chapter 1, verses 21, and then I'm going to read verses 24 and 25. As I read, think about that phrase, other to itself, as Hathaway uses it as a negative. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's a bad thing that we don't view everything as equal, literally as everything is equal. Genesis chapter 1, verse 21. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 24 of Genesis 1. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. Verse 25. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. What's my point here? Well, my point here is in contrast to what Hathaway is uh, propagating and preaching, that it's a bad thing that we don't see everything as equal. Actually, the scriptures teach the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Hathaway says, that it's a bad thing that we that we don't value in the same way things that are other to themselves. Well, we just read here in three instances in Genesis chapter one that in creation everything was pro- pro- uh, produced and created after its kind. So the 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 fact that there are different kinds of things that God created inherently says that there are things that we are to view as other than ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
And what the scripture says, God says that after he created these things, he called it good. Absolutely. Not bad. Mm -mm. It's not bad. So when Hathaway says that, again, this myth is dangerous because it doesn't value in the same way. Again, that's another way of saying equality. Right. It doesn't value in the same way anything it deems to be other than itself. Well, I should, uh, I should, going back to the Genesis account, I should view the winged bird as other than myself. <laughs> I should view the um the the uh the creeping things, the beasts of the earth as other than myself. Mm-hmm. Because then what are you getting into then? Well, you're getting into pantheism, you're getting into animism, you're getting into all of the kind of isms. Right. Where, where you, and you you find yourself going into this sort of new ageism that uh that Hathaway is preaching here. Right. Because uh, what did she say at the end of her remarks here? She says, once we get this equality that we want, a new world will emerge. Right, right. <laughs> that, that, the, note, the note that I had even before getting there with the, with the section you read, you know, it's, uh, that, that it's inherited, it's thought to be immutable, its consequences are dangerous because it prioritizes a certain type of love, a certain type of body, a certain kind of skin color, um, does not value in the same way anything it deems to be other to itself. I said, that's exactly what Anne Hathaway is actually doing. What, what what she what she is what she <laughs> what she is saying is what she's actually going to do at the at the end because their 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 intent will be to destroy the other that's not like not like it, them not, not, yeah not like not like them so her her plan is to destroy that other worldview that other position that other idea that is not that does not fall in line with the way in which she view things. I mean, so, so as she sets this up as problematic, she, she, she exposes the, the fatal flaw. I'll use that word again in her own position, because eventually she'll, she'll advocate the destruction of that, which is unlike herself. Right. Her argument is intrinsically non sequitur. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) here you have a person who is, in 3D, okay, arguing for equity and equality, who is in her very existence a model of inequality? Oh, bro! Oh, bro! I that's I I wrote that in a whole nother section. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, listen, we could we could be on this four minutes of Hathaway's remarks yeah. for a whole month yeah. of episodes. Here, this woman is. I did a little research on her. Uh, depending on what source you go to, she yep, has at yep. least a net worth of thirty-five million dollars. Yep. Yep. You are you you are inherently uh, innately inequitable in your very existence, Miss mm-hmm. Hathaway. And then to your point, Omaha, here she is talking. That was a great point, by the way. She says towards the end of her ar- argument here, the old world will shatter, and the pieces that no longer serve will melt. Mm-hmm. It is, it is Hathaway herself who used that word destroy. She said the walls built in fear will crumble. They will in, uh, disintegrate. The old world will shatter. Do you see what sort of uh, antagonistic, almost militaristic terms that she's mm-hmm. using here? Mm-hmm. But then and towards the end, she has the gall to say love is love. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and 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 with with regard to the destruction, there's there's no clarity about what that means. Are we talking ideas? 
Are, are we talking the marketplace of ideas? Are we See, talking? Oh, what's violence? sad? What's so sad talking... about that, brother? Is that they don't need you. Don't need clarity, right? <laughs> you, you don't need when you, when you listen when you're talking to an audience like she was, who was who they were content by virtue of just being in her presence, just knowing that she's on their side. That's all you need. You don't need to have her uh, definitively prove or basically unpack anything that she's saying. Mm-hmm. You don't need that. Right. All I need to do is here. Here's this award. Can you talk to us for a couple minutes? Uh, it's, it's stroking that ego. Right. It's just, right. Listen, listen. Excuse, it's preaching to the choir. It's a virtue signal. It's a massive it virtue signal. It's a yeah. virtue bat signal. Yeah. It's preaching to the choir. <laughs> virtue bat signal. <laughs> you know, it's a virtue bat signal. You right. Know, to, the, to, to the virtue cave, Batman. Right. You know, it's a, that, that's exactly what this is. Right. I, I want I, I wanted to go back to something that she said because she she defines this she defines this myth and uh, man I, I'm probably going to get to get to read this and 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 we'll probably have to let go of our of our of our urban family folks and uh, and and have to pick them up on on the podcast side but she she defines the myth in this way just just a few sentences earlier where she says that myth the myth that she defines it is that gayness orbits around straightness that transgender orbits around cisgender and that all races uh, orbits around whiteness. And again, there's tremendous assumptive language in that. Uh, and and, and uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts about that particular uh, sentence. There's, there's a, a, there's a book chapter verse that I want to go to there, but, uh, but as we wrap up, man, with, with our folks on urban family, man, just wonder if you had any, any last bit of commentary, we'll pick this up on the other side. Yeah, I just want to say real quick to your earlier comment, uh, Omaha, I just really want to encourage our listeners to think about what you're hearing. Think. Mm. The gospel is as much a theology of the mind as it is a theology of the heart. Absolutely. So think about what you're hearing and then take it to the gospel, take it to the word and filter it through that. Absolutely. Well, with that said, man, I wanted to wanted to pick things up, and again, we just kind of walk through that 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 sentence that that the myth is that gayness orbits around straightness, transgender orbits around cisgender, and that all races orbit around whiteness. And again, a lot of assumptive language in there. So the presumption is that everyone, uh, the vast majority of people, uh, are are in some way, shape, or form uh, homophobic, transgenderophobic, if that's even a word. Uh, and racist. It, it is now. Right, 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 <laughs> right. And, 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 and it's racist. Uh, and, and again, on, on, on the just thinking broadcast, just thinking podcast, we, we, we don't, we don't subscribe to the idea that there are races, uh, but that there is one human race, uh, with multiple ethnicities. And so I want to be clear about Amen. that. Amen. Uh, any, anytime we use that, we, we, we want to, we want to be sure that we're using biblical categories. Amen. Uh, at, at all times. But 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 as I as I saw that, I thought, hey, very, you know, a lot of assumptive language, uh, definitely presuming that everyone that she encounters is 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 prejudiced in some way, shape or form or racist to some degree. Uh, and, and, and the other the other part that it caused me to think about was it, it my mind automatically, uh, Daryl, raced to Genesis chapter three, because what, what she's doing in that is, is by calling by calling these things myths is she's challenging 
the the natural order of creation. Right. And she's so, challenging the entire creation account. Absolutely. Absolutely. The entirety of it. Absolutely. She's challenging the order of creation that God would make make them male and female uh, and that that a husband would leave his wife or leave leave, leave his family, rather, leave, leave mother and father and cleave uh, to his wife. Uh, the, the, the idea that he made them male and female, that yeah. that that there's no that there's no other gender mix in that uh, and that that we are all one human race with multiple ethnicities and anything that 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 violates or subjugates another ethnicity uh is is injustice right it's prejudice it's it's wrong it's uh sin. And, and sin absolutely let's go let's go back to core words let's go back to what what the bible actually says about it is it's mm-hmm. sin and so with that what, what it reminded me of is the account in in genesis 3 where where we have the woman who's there. She meets the serpent for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Genesis chapter three, verse one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. And he says to the woman, did God actually say, mm-hmm. and, and, and I paused there kind of, kind of three, three a, just to say that this, this question where, 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 where the, those who are opposed to God's position, to God's created order, are always going to ask the question or make the challenge or or, or try to or, or try to try to try to look at what God has done and 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 pose the question or reorder or reorchestrate mm-hmm. uh, the, the social order. I, I tell whenever I teach this, I kind of walk folks through uh, the fact that this is this this whole situation where sin enters turns the created order upside down on its head. Mm-hmm. God would create create ma- male who would inform it, it would be God who would create man would inform the female about how things were to be done right in in, in the order of things the rule of things and and, and uh, as a matter of a fact and then and then and then the serpent or the or creation and here you have the serpent it's upside down mm-hmm. uh, handing to the woman uh, or telling the woman that she need not not she needs to a ignore god take mm-hmm. the fruit which she then instructs her husband about mm-hmm. about partake, participating in and all of them ignoring god so everything's turned upside down mm-hmm. and on its head and this is the same this is the, none of what i said all that set all that up just to say none of what she is saying is new this goes all right. the way back yeah. to Genesis. great point that's a great point yeah that's a great point man and that matter of fact I had a similar thought with respect to uh, the Genesis account going back to Genesis one. And then again, Genesis five, I really reiterate the point that you just brought up. And I I say it a little bit sarcastically that, you know, the Bible has a really big, long word for what Hathaway terms as cisgender. Mm -hmm. The Bible calls it male and female. (laughs) That's what the Bible calls it in Genesis one twenty seven. Right. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And then again, in Genesis chapter five, verses one and two, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and he blessed them. And named them man in the day when they were created. So again, to your point, Omaha, not only is what Hathaway doing, not new. And I really, man, appreciate you taking us back to Genesis three, where we can see 
uh, ironically, the genesis of how everything is inverted. Mm-hmm. Everything is totally inverted. Everything is totally upside down. Right. And what uh, what Hathaway is, and I don't mean this disparagingly to her character, she's just playing the role of the serpent. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the very next thing she says, this myth, she calls it a myth. So so what we what we call biblical truth. Right. right? What we're standing on, which is the word of God, um, she calls a myth. That myth is wrong. This myth is wrong. And so she's just mm-hmm. doing exactly what the serpent did. Did God right. really say right yeah. genesis 3 and so so that that's that's what that's what she but she said but the myth is real for far too many right she uh-huh. acknowledges uh-huh. that it's ancient and so and as a result that it is trusted it is its habit so it's assumed to be the way things are and so we should not we should not listen to the order of in which god created things we should we should count it as myth uh we should not trust it uh, simply because it's ancient, and we definitely should not assume that it is the way things are, because we're going to learn from her what the new way is, and that's kind of where we go. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's all it's really interesting. So what what she's what she's labeling a myth and labeling a, a myth, she's proffering another truth. Mm-hmm. She's proffering a different truth in replace of. What you, for example, just took us through in Genesis three, she's offering another truth. Absolutely. You see, and, and to what we said just a second ago, her audience didn't even take the step that Pontius Pilate took. At least Pilate asked <laughs> what is true. The truth, right. But these folks at the human rights campaign, oh no, they just, they drank it like water, like water in a desert. They just soaked it up. They interrupted her with applause several times mm-hmm. you see but what i find hypocritical about hathaway's comments is a little loophole that she left herself in the middle of her remarks she says this she says i know i'm speaking in abstractions that's nah, good good catch that there's a, there is privilege embedded in my ability to do so so she left herself a little bit of a loophole there Right. To where you really can't hold her to account. No, no, no. If you try, if you try to, that will be the phrase. Right. So I, I love I love the catch because what she what she posits are truth claims. Right. right. And, and what and, and what she does is she 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 tries to deconstruct that which God created, that which is the is, is the order of mankind, that which is truth. She deconstructs it posits her own form of truth and and if you thought you were going to hold her to account she leaves that caveat that loophole to say hey i was i was speaking in abstraction so you really can't there's no yeah yeah, you you can't you 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 would look you would look foolish to hold her to account at least in the eyes of though of her audience you would look foolish to hold her to account because she's already let you know, well, I, you know there were some abstractions, and I, I grant that there were some abstractions in what I said. Though, though, though they applauded like like it was like they were at black church on Sunday, and, and the Amen Corner just got their shout on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more, more the boys standing up, right, right, folks fanning, right, folks fanning, right, folks passing out. <laughs> The white gloves got to put the white gloves on. Right, got the white and the, the hat gloves. and the hat. Don't forget the, the hat. hat. <laughs> I thought this is extremely 
hypocritical of her to leave herself this out. Yeah. I know I'm speaking in abstractions and there's that there's privilege embedded in my ability to do so. I know that there are very real obstacles that block the path to true equality. Another term that she doesn't define mm-hmm. true equality. No, it doesn't define what that looks like, what that is. And I know that removing them is easier said than done. So she doesn't, she, 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 she acknowledges that there are real ex- obstacles that block the path to quote unquote true equality. And she says, that removing them is easier said than done, but she doesn't define what the obstacles are. Mm-mm. So if you don't define what the obstacles are, how do you know how difficult they're going to be to remove? Right. But that's secondary to the fact that here, this woman, a $35 million female, white female, mm-hmm. the total antithesis to what she's saying is the problem. Mm-hmm. Now that's like, I, I can't even, I'm, I'm so flustered by the absurdity of what she said in this acceptance speech, I'm losing my train of thought, but here is it. But, but this is part and partial this. She represents the standard visual that we get a wealthy, white, liberal, woke, young, immature, naive person speaking their truth to an issue that they have no objective point of reference to point to Mm -hmm. from experience or application. So for instance, when you and I talk about the poor, we talk about that from experience because I've been poor, right? I've been materially poor, right? Okay. So I'm not going to talk to you about, well, what the what we need to do for the poor is X, Y, Z. And here I am with a net worth of thirty five million dollars. <laughs> OK, and there's Anne Hathaway. Thirty five million dollar actress faces known all over the world, standing in front of the human rights campaign audience dressed in attire that I don't know, probably more expensive than my house. Right. <laughs> telling me about inequality right <laughs> i know i'm speaking in abstraction well you're you're living abstraction right your very presence here is an abstraction mm-hmm. to be honest with you if you really want to get down to brass tacks but because we don't have four hours to talk about this right i'm gonna move us a little bit ahead because here's here's the the, the, the overarching point that really got me and everything else that she said, Omaha, was his very last sentence. Yes. Come on, man. Bring it home. It was his very last sentence. Yeah. Now, if you're Oprah, if you're Joel Osteen, mm-hmm. if if you're, this is gold. This, this, this is, this, see, you would get this engraved. So this is Osteen gold. This, this is Osteen. This is Osteen this is Oprah gold. This is Osteen, Oprah. This is Ilyana Van Zant. This ah. is, this is all that. Right. right. This last sentence right here, this this is what you get tattooed on your forearm. <laughs> this is uh this is uh Eckhart Tolle, uh ah, who wrote there the you book go. New Earth. There you go. And, and who uh who Oprah who had on his her program and then that expanded out into an entire series of uh internet internet webinars on his book A New Earth written by Eckhart Tolle. See, this is something that Eckhart Tolle will say. 
But uh, Hathaway said this at the very end of her acceptance uh, remarks. She said, a new world will emerge forged from this community. That is the community of the audience uh, represented by the folks at the HRC. A new world will emerge forged from this community, from your seismic imperative message that love is love. (laughs) What? What in the world? What does, does that, that mean? mean? Yeah. What the what does that, <laughs> does that mean? <laughs> well, let's tell the let's tell the folks what it what it ought to mean. What it ought to mean. Come on. Because I mean, for millennia, you know, but let's make it more let's 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 make it more close to home. Let's just say for centuries. That word love, man, has been so misused, misappropriated, mm-hmm. misinterpreted, uh, misunderstood. I'm talking within the church. So I'm going to pass by a definite, a biblical definition of love that even Christians may not be aware. Because what, what, what Anne Hathaway is preaching is what I call kumbaya kind of love. Mm-hmm. Well, we all kind of, you know, we gather around uh, in a, in a circle over at Stonehenge somewhere. We meet up at the sunrise uh, as the sun comes up, we gather, we lock arms and we sing kumbaya uh, and, and we, we, we got the feels, you know, we just, we just feel this, this sense of oneness and unity, right? you know, like, like Hathaway says, I mean, just imagine getting, imagine us asking Dwayne uh, for a moment, Omaha said, Hey, Dwayne, we want this on a t-shirt. We want you to put love is love. Right. On a t-shirt. Right. I mean, I can see myself, I can see myself right now, Omaha, on the subway here in Atlanta, I'm wearing that T-shirt. Somebody tapped me on the shoulder, saying, "What the heck is that? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? You know?" So, but let me tell you what what it ought to mean. This is this one text that I'm about to read is a biblical definition of love. This one text, First John chapter five, verses two and three. This text covers both what I call the horizontal definition and application of love, that is, as it relates to our relationship to one another, which is what Hathaway is concerned with here, supposedly. But it also covers our vertical paradigm of love as it relates to how God defines love and then based on his definition, how we should respond. First John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. There you go. Verse 3, for this, that's an imperative preposition, for this and only this. Verse 3, for this is the love of God. Now, this is God's definition of love. In other words, is what John is saying here. This is the kind of love that God uh, has and understanding of. This is, this is God's definition of love, that we keep his commandments. Now, Hathaway would argue the first half of verse 2, which is what we said earlier in this episode, right? That essentially what Hathaway and the human rights campaign are arguing for is that we love one another. That's really what their their Hathaway's remarks and the human rights campaign's um, mission statement boil down to. 
that we love one another. Mm-hmm. But see, biblically, there's another side to that. Mm-hmm. God defines love not only in terms of our horizontal treatment of one another, but also our vertical treatment as it relates to him and our reverence to him and our obedience to him. Again, 1 John 5, 2, by this we know that we love the children of God, that we love one another when we love God and observe his commandments. And, verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Right? That's the love that God has defined. Right. God defines love by our obedience to him, including that we love one another. Even that is in obedience to God. Mm -hmm. John 13, 34, 35. So even as we love one another, we are obedient to God. But God defines love in terms of our obeying him. His primary, God's primary definition of love has nothing to do with forming communities, forming unity, uh, equality, and things of that nature, because to whatever extent we do that in the context, for instance, of a text like Leviticus 19, which I read earlier, we are doing that in obedience to God, not in an effort to establish some sort of humanistic, self-centered, self-defined, moral, ethical community whereby we define what love is. This is why it's so ridiculous for Hathaway to say love is love. Well, how do you define love to begin with? But she got applause again for saying that. Yep. Love is love. Really? <laughs> By whose standard? How are you defining that? Right. How are you defining that? All right. And then not, not only how, how are you defining it, why should I love the other person? Why should I be obligated, Ms. Hathaway, to love anybody? Do you have an objective standard or measure by which I should submit to what you're arguing for? If you don't, if you can't point me to an objective standard that is higher than yourself, then I'm not obligated to obey what you're suggesting. I'm not obligated to submit to that. I am not obligated to treat LGBTQ people in the manner that you're suggesting if you cannot point me to a standard or measure that's higher than yourself. Because if you can't do that, then what makes your uh, approach to this any more uh, weighty or valid than mine? So we have to go back to what God says. We have to go back to the myth <laughs> that she calls it. We have to go back to the myth of God's word mm -hmm. because that's what that objective standard is. Mm -hmm. Again, back to Leviticus 19, a practicing lesbian, a practicing homosexual. No, I don't. Uh, I, I would that they would rather repent of that lifestyle. Yes. But a text like Leviticus 19, a text like um, John 13, demands, commands that I love that person. Mm -hmm. That I love that person. 
It's not my own subjective paradigm that I'm applying to that person. It's God's. I'm obligated to God, number one. Mm-hmm. And it's my obligation to obey him that makes me obligated to love you, you see. But for, for Hathaway to say love is love, I mean, that, I, I don't know, bro. I got nothing for that one. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that that was the crescendo. Like, like you, you put this in the context of the black church, right? And, yeah. and you and you know you know how the, you know how the black pastor you he tunes up at the end right uh-huh, uh-huh, this is this, uh-huh. is this is the bring it on home uh-huh. you know kind of thing uh-huh. where 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 he's he's get he's getting it all in this is the crescendo right mm-hmm. he he might he you know this he might he gets have the handkerchief out he, he starts the dabbing the forehead, and he start, dabbing he starts going, dabbing the forehead start working it out right <laughs> the guy might get on the organ a little bit. You know yep. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Might start, might start tuning up. You know, might start mm-hmm. getting it, getting it going, and you know, mm-hmm. he gets uh, mm-hmm. out of breath, uh, mm-hmm. and it gets, uh, and she mm-hmm. came, and she came up with love is love. I was Man, like, he, she look, she, somebody would have snatched her off the platform with that kind of nonsense. They would did it. They would have done a, a a night at the Apollo and got the hook out. <laughs> They grabbed her from behind that lectern in that pulpit real quick. Love, love is love. I mean, that's the best that she could do was love is, that, is like, love. Is that all you got? That's what you got? That's wow. What, that's, that's what she said. A new, a new world will emerge forged from this community, from your seismic imperative message that love is love. Love. That's like saying that water is wet. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. That's incredible. I just I was I was I was gobsmacked. I could not believe like that's that was the crochet. To to applause. To applause. To applause. Yes. Yeah. yeah. To applause. Yeah. To applause. Like, she was interrupted with applause multiple times. Yeah. And um, I'm debating for the sake of uh, uh, ensuring that all of our listeners, when they go out to uh, either the uh, the bar, the bar dot com slash JT, which is where uh, all of our episodes are housed, whether they go there or if they're a subscriber to the podcast, I'm debating whether to include this verbatim transcript. Mm. Of of that uh, of of Hathaway's words, so our listeners can really read and sort of meditate and ruminate on them I, for I, themselves. If we can, I think it's worth it because I, I know within the video there's there's you know there's the text of what's said, but once you type it out and look, I mean, like 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 what we in preparation for the show, I did I did what you asked. I just I just typed it all out and just mm-hmm. kind of looked at it. When you look at it and kind of section it out, then you can interact with each section as it's stated. Uh-huh. And uh, and and I, again, I I think this will be something. This will be something that I'll save because I do think it's worth taking the time to teach someone through the the, the again. I'll use the same word: the fatal flaws yeah. that are that are a consistent part of this damaging message. It is it is very damaging. This is a very damaging sermon. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to call that, man. I thought it was brilliant Omaha that you likened it to a sermon because that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. Th- this, this was a sermon. This was someone getting up there behind a microphone under the guise of accepting an award and propagating a truth, making a truth claim, making mm-hmm. multiple truth claims. Mm-hmm. She did everything within this four minute message, but mentioned the word Christianity. She mm-hmm. she came about as close to uh, pointing the finger at Christians and Christianity without mentioning those t- those words literally that you mm-hmm. could come you couldn't come any closer. Listen, anyone who's astute enough to know the language of the current milieu that's out there right now that's coming against the church would easily pick this up. She's mm-hmm. she's she's referring to Christians. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what she's doing. The old world. Uh, this is using terms like that, using these sort of militaristic, aggressive, um, uh, antagonistic terms, uh, and then wrapping it up. Uh, on the one hand, you're saying that these myths are going to be destroyed, that uh, the old world will shatter and the pieces will no longer serve. And then you're going to wrap it up with some little, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like putting sprinkles on a cupcake. You know, love is love. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, no, love is not love. Love is first John five verses two and three. Mm-hmm. That's how God defines love. Yeah. We say God is love and that's true. God is love. But when we say that God is love, it should immediately point us to, well, what is God like? Right. It should immediately cause us to want to investigate what are both the communicable attributes of God and what are the incommunicable yeah, yeah. attributes of God? Yeah. Yeah. What is God? What is this God of love like? How does he express his love? Mm-hmm. How does he express his love? Okay. In what ways does he? Well, one of those ways that God sp- expresses his love is through the cross, through judgment, mm-hmm. through judgment, through wrath. Okay. Through wrath and through judgment. This is not the Anne Hathaway kind of love that we're talking about here, folks. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the kind of love where God himself God the Father sacrificed his own son so that his own son in the in, in the in Jesus Christ was murdered mm-hmm. on a cross mm-hmm. for the sake of sinners like me and you. Now I can tell you right now, uh, from what I've heard from Anne Hathaway, I doubt that Anne Hathaway would go to the cross for your on your behalf. Right. And even if she did, it wouldn't save you from an eternity in hell. Mm-mm. So we must ask questions like this. We must. Listen, you don't want to be adversarial, no, but as Christians, we must investigate these claims that these people are making. It goes back to what, again, the, the, very, the very title of the podcast, the very title of your blog, Just Thinking, and I would add on to it for myself, for ourselves, in light of biblical truth, we, we, we've, got to, we've got to examine what these what these folks in the culture the Anne Hathaways of the world Hollywood elites left left leaning or right leaning I don't care I don't care which way you lean it's irrelevant to me so long as what we're what we're examining is examined against the backdrop of the scripture yeah against the backdrop everything everything we've done 47 episodes <laughs> of looking at topics against the background of the scripture absolutely 
Absolutely. And you know? and this and this is no different. I mean, love is love. That was that was the crescendo. That was again, the, I, this look, if, if this is we call we're likening this into a sermon on Monday morning when she shows up at the office at the at the at, at the church of Van Hathaway, somebody should snatch her because <laughs> because that that crescendo that that bringing it home you know what i mean that hoop that hoop you know the passing the, the, the hoop that that would get you pulled that that would get you pulled and you had to go back into training because that that just was not was <laughs> <laughs> well, sent her back to online bible college yes <laughs> that would get you pulled from the platform love is love man i wish you would yeah give me that certificate back uh, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Put it back through remedial homiletics. Right. <laughs> you know, like back in grade, like in, back in grade school, if you did, if your grades weren't up, they kept you back. Yes. Nah, we got to yes. keep her back. We got yeah, to put her back through remedial homiletics, man. She, oh, she, my she, gosh. Not, not only – and then after that, remedial hermeneutics because – Yes. She, oh, man. She's wrong on both counts. On she's, both counts. She needs work. Homiletics she, she, and hermeneutics, and man. Hermeneutics. Holy cow. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, Omaha, let's, let's wrap it up for the, for the listeners, man. Uh, we really appreciate you listeners hanging in here with us. Yeah, we may be kidding around here at the end, but this is really serious. This yeah. is really, really serious. Yes. The 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 challenge for us, I think folks like Anne Hathaway are really secondary. And here's why I say that. That's a good point. What's primary for us as followers, as professing Christians, as professing believers in the one true God, John 17, 3, and the one true God is to get into the word for ourselves mm. and make sure we know what we believe and why we believe it. So in that sense, the Anne Hathaways of the world are secondary because if you're not prepared, and of course with 1 Peter 3.15, to give a defense, to give an apologetic to everyone who asks you. And see, in a way, Anne Hathaway is asking us, well, what do you believe? What do you believe? If you met Anne Hathaway, listener, in an elevator, and you would have mentioned to her, hey, I, I happen to come across your message that you gave, your, your remarks that you gave at the uh, Human Rights Campaign. Can uh, I talk with you about those for a couple minutes? What, what would you say? Would you be able to make a biblical argument, not personal, can you make a biblical argument for why Anne Hathaway's worldview is wrong? That's See, good. We have to do our own due diligence first. We have to be Bereans. Mm. Get into the word, exposit the word. Don't just be a reader of it. Be a student of it. Be a student of it. Exposit the word, exegete these terms, and prepare yourself to be an apologist. Because if it's not Anne Hathaway, your neighbor or a church member who's doubting the veracity of Scripture. Mm-hmm. A a coworker who is of another worldview altogether, a coworker uh, who's a Muslim, a coworker who is a Jehovah's Witness, someone who doesn't believe in the deity of Jesus. What would you say to them? So, it's in that vein that I say, folks like Anne Hathaway, they're secondary. Primary is for us to to be good students 
of the word of God so that when that moment comes, we'll be ready to give that defense mm. for what we believe. I love it. I love it. I, I, I don't know a better way to sum it up than to leave it right there and to encourage our listeners uh, in so many ways. One that definitely want to add to what's already been said about just being thankful that you guys listen and that you, you follow and, and, uh, and that you respond back. And I want to encourage you to share uh, this podcast and others with friends. I also want to in- encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. And, uh, and that, that's a big, big help uh, to us as well. Subscriptions definitely help, uh, helps other folks to see kind of where, where we are and what's going on and, and gets uh, other people to us. So that's a big help to us as well. Uh, with that said, man, you got any last words, last thoughts that you want to share before we wrap up? I just want to say a really big thank you to you, all of our listeners out there. You guys do not know how much you feed us mm. uh, spiritually and keep us going uh, week to week. Like I said, this is this is not easy to do this every week, but uh, working with Omaha and then knowing uh, based on the feedback that you guys have given us, you how you how much you look forward to every yeah, Wednesday yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when these episodes are released. Yeah, uh, man, we, we work so hard not to let you guys down. So absolutely. So, so th- thank you for your prayers, your encouragement. They really mean a lot to us. Yeah. Um, and, and hanging in there with us. Thanks for hanging in for another double album episode. But uh, like I said, Omaha, we could have done five episodes we on this could end. yeah we uh, could have really we could have really done it great to be with you tonight man and looking forward to the feedback from this one and from and from others so you all take care god bless and we'll catch you next time on the just thinking broadcast